0: are listening to the soul yoga podcast a podcast for the modern mystic mama i am your host amanda aaron soul guide at soul yoga retreat i invite you to take a breath for your body mind and soul retreat from the mind movies break away from stress and anxiety root down and ground yourself into pachamama mama earth join me for a journey to live from our highest selves through ritual and ceremony we create sacred space together we hold space we create a safe container to evolve this podcast is a space where i authentically share my journey the good the bad and everything in between it is a space where i guide the modern mystic mama to reconnect with mama earth Honoring the turn of the wheel, we use plants, astrology, and kundalini yoga to break old belief systems to move towards soul level transformation. By uniting body, mind, and spirit, we become present, enjoying each moment fully and embodying our highest selves. Welcome to this space.
1: Hello lovelies! What is pressing on my heart to share with you today is I um, think maybe a bit about my conception uh, with my firstborn and a bit about what that year looked like, uh, that first year looked like for me. So I had my baby April of 2020, and uh, of course this was full-flung lockdown period. I remember about a week. It was three weeks before I had him, and I was just trying to find some simple first aid supplies. I guess there's couple of things like a british filter and um, and Tylenol and maybe the ginger gravel right so when you're about to have birth, if you think your labor is going to go through the night, you're having contractions, but you want to try and sleep, then um, you can take some Tylenol. Um, tylenol is safe to, to take while you're pregnant. So not Advil, not aspirin, but Tylenol. But of course, Tylenol is what was being recommended for um, people who were coming down with COVID, <clears throat> with the, you know, trying to mitigate a fever and, and stuff like that. So there was no Tylenol. There were no Brita filters. Um, you know, there wasn't even toilet paper or Kleenex or, God, just about anything in the store at the time. So before, before I continue with that, um, I do want to hop back to just my experience in, in being pregnant. So I conceived around July 11th. That was... 2019, um, and I know I had tracked on the Friday. I thought, okay, Friday, this is the signs that my body is giving me. I feel like I'm most fertile on Friday. And so either from the Monday before, um, it's Carried that long and we were able to get pregnant from the Monday before or it happened on the Saturday and um I had my my max fertility day off by one so whatever the case was it could have been July July 11th or 12th and we weren't trying for a baby and um you know I wasn't thinking that I was pregnant I I didn't even think to take a a pregnancy test until much later and a couple weeks after that we went to um, Bowen Island and had a lovely I think four or five days there and uh, yeah I was definitely feeling like that first month I just felt great energetically like just really kept up with my workouts and just felt really great in my body and uh, it was the lion's portal on august 8th so the eighth month the eighth day in the eighth month is the lion's portal and i remember my friend uh emma was coming over and we were going to do a special little ritual in the backyard um just to honor that 8-8 day and i was super nauseous the whole day oh and my um my period was a week late by that point so, you know, a week isn't anything much, but it's it's uh, quite a bit longer than usual for me. Usually I'm, I'm between two to three days, five at the most. So seven, eight, nine, ten days, and I'm thinking, okay, like, maybe something has changed for my fertility health. And, uh, you know, just not really knowing what that was, feeling super nauseous, and all of a sudden, like, very very tender breasts and I've never that's never been a PMS symptom for me <clears throat> So I knew something something was up um, And the Friday so the very next day the 9th I came home and I just said man, I'm really craving a burger and fries like I just need meat and Probably for about nine years before that um, I was a Vegetarian and for a few of those years. I was actually Um, strictly vegan not due to um, you know sustainability or environmental reasons it was simply due to financial reasons I mean all of those things were too expensive meat was too expensive and I'm not going to buy poor quality meat because that made me sick so then I just cut meat out of my diet I was vegetarian for many years and had extreme joint pain and constant fatigue Uh And when Jonathan moved in with me in 2017, I did start eating a lot more meat and um, the joint pain definitely subsided. But still, you know, meat wasn't a part of my regular routine. It just wasn't something that my body really asked for, that my mind asked for. It wasn't something I craved. And so when I came home saying I, I was really craving a burger, Jonathan's first reaction is, oh, you're pregnant. And I was like, uh, well, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of the the, the signs that I'm receiving, the, the, what's happening in my body is telling me I'm pregnant. Um, but we were totally broke that Friday. And so I had to wait for the, the following paycheck on the 15th to take a pregnancy test. And uh, Jonathan was like, oh, don't worry about taking it at home, you know, just take it at work because I already know that you're pregnant. And I
0: was like, yeah, but there's supposed to be
1: you know, the whole magic and the mystery of the pregnancy test, and then you, like, sit with each other on the bathroom floor, and then it shows up, and, you know, it's the most happiest moment of your life. So, anyways, I pee on the stick in the bathroom stall, and then I go tell my other co-worker when it's positive. She was about three or four months pregnant at the time, and, and um, you know, had just kind of announced it publicly at work. And so I told her my symptoms a couple days before. She's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're pregnant. And then when the test was positive, I told her, you know, I was pregnant, finally. Wanted a baby for so long, but just, you know, hadn't been the right time to try in in life circumstances. So baby chose us, baby came to us. Apparently now was the right time. So that was my very, very cool story, but you know, for years before that, maybe three, f- mm, no longer, maybe four or five years, I had tracked my cycle, I knew the change of my emotions with the change of my cycle, what phases I was going through in my body, I knew when my egg was dropping, I knew uh, when my egg had died, it, like, I painstakingly took the time um to track and to journal and to, uh, observe my body. And I feel like that was a huge, 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 huge impact on the birth that I had. Um, and you know, at a certain point in pregnancy, I remember Jonathan just talking about, you know, that the vaginal canal just tears. That's just what happens. It's, it's, you know, every, it it happens to everybody and it's just totally normal. And Um, you know, my Christian upbringing, I don't know if it was necessarily impressed upon me so much as it was just something that really struck a chord with me, is that, you know, your words that you speak uh, are the prophecy of your life. You are a co-creator, and your words are power. Your words have power. You speak that attitude over yourself, Um, You perpetuate your own habits by how you speak. And somehow as a kid, I just knew it. And so finally, one day with Jonathan, I was like, you need to stop speaking that out loud because you absolutely do not know that it's going to go like that for me. And I've listened to and I've read many, many birth stories where the women don't tear, where they... Um, you know, push with the waves of contraction of their body. They listen to their body. They're in tune with their body. They're having a really an outer body experience. Well, out of this earth experience of just completely tuning out everything around and tuning in. And, you know, it's really this holy, awesome uh, body, mind, spirit connection. And yeah, listening to, to, you know, what is my baby telling me inside my body, what is my body telling me, you know, is this a safe environment, do I feel safe to birth, um, all of those things, all of those things come up when you're in the birth portal, just, you know, a trans-dimensional space, and, uh, and so, you know, in my head, I'm feeling like, how dare you prophesy vaginal tearing over my birth like you know I'm just fuming at that point just had been said so many times um, but I'm pretty sure what I actually said was much more gracious but it got the the point across and it was, um, it
0: was definitely a
1: turning point for Jonathan to be able to see me as you know holy wild woman taking um maybe not taking the driver's seat, but just, you know, that mama bear spirit of, nope, you don't get to speak that over my experience. And this is the words of peace and fluidity that I am speaking over my birth. And if you don't agree with that, then you don't have to say anything else. And if you do agree with that, then awesome. Let's you know verbalize that. Let's hear it spoken out um, in truth over me, over my, over our baby. Um, and and that's really how um, how it happened that I was able to uh, walk into that birth space knowing and trusting my body and not in a fear space. So the whole pregnancy, um, you know, I did have a midwife uh, and we had frequent appointments. Obviously the, the last three months and then the last month the appointments get quite a bit more frequent. Um, and every single time that I had to make a decision about something, Uh, First of all, thank God Jonathan was able to be there for almost all of the appointments with the the midwife clinic, and um, he asked some really, really fantastic questions. Second of all, uh, his daughter is actually a year younger than me, and she is a maternity nurse. And um, while she didn't do the the final thesis, but she has her Ph.D., she's taking her Ph.D. and her doctorate as well, and so every time that we felt that the information provided to us from the clinic was insufficient to make a decision, uh, we we asked her, and she was just very black and white uh, with the pros and cons of whatever choice that we had to make. And every decision we said, okay, do I feel like I'm making this decision because I'm afraid of something? Do I feel that this is a fear-based decision? And so... Um, you know, every time we just sat with that, and if it's a decision that, yes, we both agree on, we look at the information, we say, yes, this is our decision, we're going with this, but, um, you know, we're, we're feeling a little bit antsy about it, we're feeling a little bit, um, like, what if something goes wrong, then we looked at that situation and said, okay, well, how can I get behind my yes? You know this is the decision we chose so how can I um, be totally peaceful with this decision and the the thing for me that was really um, I had a lot of fear around and just like oh man crawl out of my skin so uncomfortable is getting my blood taken I hate it I think it's so invasive to the body and um, just you know sitting in a clinical lab I just feel so uncared for and Um, yeah, I know, you know, the the staff are just, they're, they're, they're clinical, they're, they're totally um, like a sanitary, emotionless procedure, right? But I'm so much more than blood in my body. And uh, there's just no way that a a general laboratory can be respectful to all of those other things, like emotion and your, and your spirit and your, and your mental state. Um, so what I was able to arrange with the midwife clinic that I chose is um, I would have my blood work taken while I was in the clinic, laying down on a couch. Uh, you know, I could have put a blanket over top of me for some weight if I if I wanted to, but I didn't think of that at the time. I had a soft um, Werther's uh, chew candy in my mouth. I had my headphones in listening to... Um, a certain uh, frequency a certain vibration of, of hertz, that was meant to calm the nervous system and keep me grounded um, and I was doing deep belly breaths, so I had uh, oh and my eyes closed obviously so my eyes are are closed to the sensation of sight I'm not seeing the needle um, I do have the the uh, the comfortable feeling you know I'm 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 reclined, I'm lying down, I'm on top of something soft, you know, my hands are on my belly, I can feel my deep belly breaths. Uh, I'm taking care of that touch sensation in the body, the taste, um, the smell. Also, I had oils uh, that I applied right on my chest and around my neck. Um, so all of these things, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm creating the situation that says, okay, even though I'm not 100% on board with this, I know that this is a decision that I have to make. And so therefore I'm telling my baby that everything is calm, everything is safe. And um, yeah, obviously I was not desiring to have my blood taken at any point in time, but that was the way that I could arrange the most peaceful, the most harmonious moment um, for that fear element for me, just being able to connect and ground down to my body and, Um, not be in my head at that time, not be telling myself mind movies and passing out and all of those things. So during the whole pregnancy, during the whole labor and birth experience, it was really, you know, okay, coming back to my body. I'm I'm not letting my mind get carried away with stories. I'm just here, present in the moment. I'm focusing my breath on this single contraction, on this single decision that I have to make for my baby. Um, and it was honestly blissful. It was just an incredible pregnancy. Just felt so much care for my midwife team. Um, and then, you know, the birth was amazing. Just like such a hormonal high, no induction, um, no intervention. And uh, so I, I, I would say I was in active labor at around midnight on uh, Monday, August thirteenth. Um well a minute, that would have been, you know, the fourteenth first thing in the morning. And at about two thirty I called the midwife. Um, you know, I was really like, I think this is a push sensation. Like I don't think this is just a contraction anymore. So I called the midwife, I said, Okay, I'm making the decision, I'm gonna go into the hospital. And uh, we get to the hospital. We have to wait half an hour for her to arrive. So we're there at the hospital from 3 a.m. until 4.07 when Forrest is born. And literally the, the midwife and and I and me and Jonathan were in the delivery room for only barely 30 minutes together before Forrest is born. Um, like, it was incredible. It was really incredible. Just time stood, stood stood still. I just had no idea, you know, is it taking forever? Is it taking no time at all? And, um, yeah, it was an incredible, incredible experience. So then motherhood in the first, you know, even four to six months was just such a high anxiety time. Like I just didn't feel safe going out in public Anywhere, like where do you go? What do you touch? How far away from people do you stay? Um, you know, my husband was still going to work full time. Well, he took the two first two months off, but then he, he was back at work full time. And you know, the very first time my best friend came over, I didn't even give her an opportunity to hold my precious little baby that might have even been at you know three months old. Because I don't know, I just didn't know what, what, what was going on. And so, you know, not only do I have all of this basic motherhood, learning how to connect with your infant and learning what they need, and, uh, you know, who are you now that you've had a baby? Where Where is your identity at? What time do you need for yourself apart from baby? Does it even happen that you ever get time apart from baby? Plus COVID, like, you know maybe the only other person I would see in the day besides my husband would be a neighbor and some neighbors even wore masks outside and so for those two or three who didn't um I just remember writing a personal note at Christmas and dropping it in their mailbox saying like you may not realize it but you were the only other face that I saw besides my husband I didn't I didn't go out I didn't go out to do groceries I didn't go anywhere I just stayed at home and did a walk once once a day outside, and that was it. And so, you know, reassessing my need for in-person support was, like, took a long time to realize that that's what I needed. And even now that Forrest is 27 months old, um, you know, our routine is so stable now. Uh, and I honestly just don't know where to fit it in. And um, I, you know, I hadn't built a great community before Forrest. And so through COVID, I had my one closest friend and one other friend um, for support. And I maybe saw them like three or four times that first year of motherhood. And it was not enough. It's still not enough. And now, my friends, uh, she has a baby of her own, and so, of course, you know, there's there's many more things to consider besides just, you know, oh, are you free? Okay, great, come over. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that I'm realizing that is a phenomenally huge blessing that I have that many, many, many women do not have is, you know, my the decision we made was that Jonathan would quit his job. He would stay home as full-time dad. I would be the sole income earner for the family. And um, so, first of all, I'm not worrying about daycare at all, ever. My child is always safe, always loved, always with, you know, either Jonathan or myself. Um, never a stranger. We've never even had a babysitter for him yet. Although I'd be fine with it, but that's that's another story. So, uh, even without considering the fact that, you know, Jonathan is a full-time dad, the other thing that's always been our in our dynamic is that he is the cook, he is the cleaner of the household. I had to clean little things like bathroom and cat litter and, uh, you know, dust the living room tables and things like that but he does all the vacuuming you know sweeping once a week all the dishes all the food prep uh he knows what we need for groceries all of that kind of thing and i don't have that stress at all i come home either from the office or you know after i shut my laptop at home at three o'clock and i just get quality one-on-one time with my baby that's it we just play we just hang out it's like Whoa, so different. I know from so many other moms, and so, you know, one of the things that sits with me sometimes is um, guilt, because, uh, I don't know how to get shit done with my kid. I don't do meal prep. I don't cook meals. I don't. Uh, I don't vacuum, and so when I try and do something else like sew or, scrapbook or read or write or whatever. You know, heaven forbid I turn my back on my son for one second because, like, mom, to him, is full-time playmate. That's it. Mom equals playmate. And uh, so it's like a really strange dynamic because most moms feel the guilt of not spending more time with their kids. And I feel guilty about you know, not creating that dynamic where he sees mom uh I don't know, in activity I guess, like in that nurturing, caring activity is just not me in our family dynamic. It's Jonathan. And uh you know, he he doesn't need to be worried about what Forrest is doing when he's prepping supper because I've forest. So, you know, my desire really is that he knows the responsibility of work, I guess, you know, of that, um, of that tending to the home, because right now he doesn't, he just plays like the whole bloody day, which is awesome. You know, mostly we're outside running around and he's just this like fit, healthy little kid, like could not be more blessed. And at the same time, I'm like, okay, there's gonna be a point that comes where, you know, some of that responsibility, some of that uh, sharing of the care of the house is is gonna need to transfer to him. You know, it's not um, play 100% all the time. Is you know, there's still responsibility to learn. I'm such a German school mom, I can't even tell you right now, like, I'm like, let's go, let's put on your shoes now, let's go out the door, oh, I just can't get over that, you know, I rub his little face and, like, practically take the skin off after every meal with the dishcloth, I, I, oh, Lord, don't I try, I just, you know, that is, that is my nemesis, just needing to be thorough Uh, and timely, I guess. So those are definitely the areas as a mom that I need to let go of uh, and then bring more boundaries into other places. Um, Definitely, I've seen, you know, some of the the stress has manifested into me playing small, just, you know, really uh, weak boundaries. There's so many things that, so many moments where, I wish I had that pregnancy uh, vibe of, you know, how dare you speak that, how dare you prophesy that over me, like, watch what you say, and, um, I reject that, that comment. But, it doesn't often happen, but I am working on it. This, you know, I think I need to be more of a bitch sometimes, just, um, Create a boundary and know that it's going to cause some discomfort, um, but you know, stand in my power and and be confident and and caring, but you know, unapologetic. Like not, oh God, I, you know, I'm in my people pleasing brain, and and now you're so distraught, and I'm taking responsibility for how you respond to what I've told you, and taking responsibility for your emotional well-being and oh that is just not it's just not healthy but that's where I'm at and so that's where I'm growing from and uh you know just me on my journey of motherhood is feeling this uh this need for connection in person women connection let me make that very specific preferably mothers uh it's just kind of the the gap that I'm feeling Um, and at the same time, like just being aware of my inability to make it happen at this moment. So finding peace, finding harmony in the, um, now, but not yet, you know, I, I'm, I'm familiar with my need, but it's not met yet. And, uh, you know, if you have any tips around that kind of yes but not yet waiting longing desiring uh in your life some of your stories i'd love to hear from you you can catch up with me on instagram so um the name has changed back to at amanda jane aaron a-m-a-n-d-a-j-a-y-n-e-a-a-r-o-n Uh, So that's my Instagram title and send me a message, reach out, you know, send me a a friend request and tell me what was your moment of yes, but not yet. Sending all my love to Uh, my little tiny community. Love and appreciate you so much. Bye for now.